Hello and broadcasting <laughs> from the beautiful this, Central Coast of Just California. The it's the Doctor Death Danger Radio Show. Doing all the gimmicks. I got a twist open. I'm still kind of chilling. Ah, that's refreshing. Yeah, the show's just started. No, I'm supposed to survive the hour and a half we're gonna be doing this. True. And listeners, welcome back to the Doctor Death Danger Radio Show with your boys James and Edward. I actually remembered this time. <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm Edward. How you all doing? We're just chilling here in the real world. Ha ha. Uh, uh, making f- sorry, I had a frizzy drink. <laughs> it kind of made me burp. Making fun of a uh, good friend Dylan, who we do love. I promise. Well, at least I do. I don't know about you sometimes. It's a love hate. You spend more time Bro, with him than I do. I put in do. a lot of effort to get him the fucking his sick guitar for his birthday. <laughs> while and making because, him run the yeah. ropes for his birthday. <laughs> run the ropes. Just running, just making him run around and him just ready to pass out, out of like exhaustion. Yeah. Thus, he didn't tell us that he didn't have low bl- blood pressure that day. So I didn't want to worry you guys. We're making you do a lot today. To be fair, it's not his fault that the guitar doesn't work. Actually, I'm it did. pretty sure. Oh, he went. He went and got it set up, and we were shredding on it like uh, two weekends ago. Did it sound fucking sick? Yeah, it sounds like fucking sick as a motherfucker. Did he sound, he did just he... needs to get a down tune pedal so we can <laughs> actually like play it, so he can use it in his fucking band. Did he? Uh, did he sound like a thrash master? Oh, he sounded like he sounded like total thrash, ste- cheese and stee. Some 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 tease. I don't know. So uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, listeners, we're here today with a very packed episode again. Yeah. Like, at this point, they're usually packed, but yeah. obviously we'll be starting off with a Led Zeppelin review for Led Zeppelin 4. Then Dark Side of the Ring with K-9. Johnny K-9. And then, fucking, honestly, the best fucking the episode, episode of season 3. Of, who knows? This is like high, this is top tier, like, awesome episode. Oh, I, I, I know. And it was a total fucking trade wreck. If it you was. just want to jump to any of these reviews... There are fucking timestamps that actually fucking work. Like I was watching the episode and I had a thought and I haven't had this thought in a long time. I was like, bro, can't wait to talk about this on the show. This is a very friggin' uh, very noteworthy show of Rock yeah, of Love. Of Rock of Love. This stuff's good. Yeah. I would say, like, Led Zeppelin's pretty noteworthy, and a dark side could be subjective. Yeah. It most likely be. We'll see once we get into those reviews, but do you want to talk about anything about life, or should we jump straight into it? Bro, I don't really have too much going on. My damn Raiders lost to the fucking Burrs. Have they lost both the last two, like, last two games? Yeah, we're three and two. Sadness. Oh, you want to hear something sad? I don't know if you saw my message earlier in the chat, but there's a fucking bomb-ass spot in the town of Morro Bay called Bottle Liquor, oh, and their yeah. main chef, Nick, fucking left after like 28 years. What? Yeah. I walked in. I'm like, I want to grab myself a hot, sloppy Reuben, and I'm like, oh, wait, where the fuck's the menu? 
So I know where it is. And it's like, oh, our menu's up here. And I realized, wait a bit, the menu's downsized. And the guy's like, yeah, uh, Nick, if you know him, he left. And we downsized the menu just to that burgers. fucking sucks, dude. I'm like, I hope he goes to open up a sick bomb restaurant. Yeah, Nick's a buddy of, Nick's a buddy of mine. Of, uh, He's a of buddy of family. everyone. Yeah, man. Um, He's a buddy of everyone in My town. brothers, my dad. I mean, you know, never really, never really hung out. But, you know, he's a cool guy. I was like, hey, Nick, how you doing? He took us up with some fucking... Tasty greasy burgers. Well, they still and got burgers. They still got burgers, but they don't have the Rubens, the cheese steaks, the grilled cheese. Sad. Like literally, it's just burgers and some breakfast items. Sad. I hate it. I don't like it. That was fucking bummer news. And I'm Why like, wouldn't they keep the menu? I don't fucking know. Was he the only one that knew how to cook it? Maybe. <laughs> How dare he know how to cook delicious fucking liquor store deli food, hot deli food. Did you even, did you even get anything there? At no, the end? I was like, dude, I don't want a bird. I, I was just like, I said, I like told you to say, I came here for a room and I'm going to go somewhere else. And I went to flavor factory. It wasn't mm. as good. Oh, that's sad. It probably didn't. That was sad. That was really sad. Like, dude, the food's so hot. Like, you got to wait like 10 minutes for that your sandwich to cool down. Before oh, I you know. Eat it. They just fucking just give it to you piping hot right off the grill. Yeah, they don't fuck around. That shit burns you. I I would I, I had a couple times I had uh, I took a bite out of the, one of those burgers and my tongue was like sore for like a couple days, like a day or so after because of the grease. Yeah, and I go to fucking Flavor Factory and like the Reuben's not as good. Yeah, it's and corporate it's, bullshit. And like there's lovely ladies working that look like they have tattoos and well they did have tattoos and they <laughs> snort coke on the like reg- on their Friday evenings. Oh, but I'm sure fucking the dudes at Ball Liquor do too. Well, nah, they probably just get drunk. Well, no, actually, you're right. Fuck, why is everyone in Morro Bay a cokehead? Every you're business not, owner. Are you a cokehead? I said every you, business owner. I don't know why. Them, Flavortown, the bottle liquor Flavortown? guys, maybe. You mean Flavor Factory? That's what I said. And then you <laughs> your, old, your old manager over at fucking Pizza Port. Fuck. <laughs> every time I see his dad, there's a 50-50 chance his kid's in jail. Like, I think I told you the last time I talked to him, I was like, hey, man, how's it going? I'm like, Mark, good to see you, buddy. How you doing? Blah, blah. And it got so he's like, hey, how's that son of yours doing? He's like, ah, well, he could be better. He's in jail again. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Oh, don't worry. Man. Don't worry, people. His son was a dick. He yeah, t- he kind of was like a penis compensation douchebag. Yeah. And I get it. He wanted friends, but he made friends like the wrong way. Yeah. It was just kind of annoying to hang out with them. I also... Like, I had good conversations with him, and obviously when we did cringe at our co-workers, there was that too. Yeah. But around my tenure working at that pizza restaurant, they were, they were like, running my emotions pretty thick. He was also a vain prick. Didn't you tell me he used to kind of, like, psychologically fuck with his girlfriend over if she got too overweight, quote-unquote? Yeah, unquote? he did say something that too, where he, like... He, he was w- laughing about it? No, he... Oh, well, I guess so. Well, not, like, a maniacal laugh. Well... <laughs> He just literally was says like, "Oh, my girlfriend's overweight," so I like put my foot down and told her, "I was like, hey, you can't get overweight. There's like a million women out here and stuff too." And it's just like, "Cool, dude." <laughs> I'm like, "So yeah, I'm like, yeah, you're, uh, you're something. Yeah, he's something. You're so no. The last thing I heard of him was him like, as I said, like." Him like being drunk in like Central Park with his like truck like in like <laughs> driven up in the park, most likely blasting some fucking garbage like Walmart 
country, like freaking Florida, Georgia line. Oh, God. And a business owner told him, that, hey, can you please turn it out? He tried to threaten the business owner to fight him. Then the cops came <laughs> and he tried to threaten the cops, but then realized he's threatening cops and tried to run for it. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was like a funny like post uh, I saw on like the Morrow Bay freaking police department's like thing. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> this is my old fucking manager. And yeah, he was kind of a douchebag. This is honestly funny shit. I don't. But I don't. It's like, but I can understand. He's just like, he's a weird dude. And like I, some people got it. Some, some people got it. Some people yeah. don't. But I don't even dislike Florida Georgia line, but they are a really good thing to use to generalize that kind of group of people like him. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, no. Believe me. It usually was a fucking DJ battle when I, when I was working at the pizza restaurant. It's fucking either he's playing like a bunch of Florida, Florida Georgia line bullshit, or I'm playing old fucking seventies fucking funk and disco shit, <laughs> and like all That's the right, fucking boomers are just fucking going like, oh, this brings me back to how much my freaking like sister was a fucking whore. <laughs> yeah, someone told me a story like that one time. I'm okay. just like, I'm like thumbs up. I'm like cool, bro. <laughs> you want your IPA, dog? <laughs> You know, this reminds me, there actually was a funny story that happened. Another work story involving music. I have a coworker called Noah, really good guy, English major. He's probably overqualified for the job, but good guy. Wait, what? <laughs> so he's an English major, but he's stuck working at the bookstore. He's like a year well, or two older than me. It's a fucking trip because yeah. if we get like, I don't know what he got that degree in and what he could do with that degree. He told me, but I can't remember. He did tell me it was. Listen, it's oh, more com- it's more complex stuff that I'm a- that Great I know. Great manager how to do. skills. Can't yeah. remember your own coworkers like lives. I'm gonna punt you in the cock. You're gonna punt me in the cock with this equ- all this fucking with bullshit. my fucking Raider slippers. Yeah, with all this equipment in front of me. Hey, you're a manager now. You must be getting manager pay. Manager boy, you want to fucking get me a new fucking another interface? So my story about Another Noah. twenty. My my. Want to give me an AKG story, like large diaphragm condenser bike? My story. That costs hundred dollars. So I can use it for the kick. My for sick recordings. My story about smart coworker Noah. He said. They don't seem too smart. He's stuck at the bookstore. Oh, I'm just being an <laughs> asshole. No, no, finding he a said, job's a bitch. He said a goth kid came up. This was two or three days ago. He said a goth kid came up to him. And he bought a single manga. I don't remember what it was. I think he said it might have been One Punch Man. But he bought a single manga. And then out of nowhere, he asks my coworker Noah, Hey, do you know Metallica? And my my coworker Noah was like, Yeah, they're, I know Metallica. Yeah, they're great. And the, the goth kid apparently goes, Oh, okay. I was just checking to see if you were cool. And he walks out. And I'm like, yo, Metallica's cool with the goth kids. All right. Wait, was it say core? Was it going like, ew, you'll know Metallica? No, the first one. He was like, okay, I was just seeing if you were well, cool. Well, how you said it sounded like it was condescending. Well, that's how he said it, but he swore to me that the kid was stoked he knew Metallica. So there you go. Well, Metallica's Metall- cool with like the kids. Metallica fucking rules, and it would be sick to see Metallica this weekend. Yeah, but that just sounds like a fucking bullshit of a trip. It and does. Yeah, it, it is. I've taken could, that trip. Could, it is. And like one, you couldn't find a hotel at a proper price that unless it's forty five minutes away, and then fucking parking, you would have to go somewhere else and shuttle in. The parking at that place sucks, assholes. It really does. Because- yes, and especially if it's a fucking Metallica show, you'll be double double fucked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, you're like fucking three by three fucked. Listen, I love Metallica a lot. I like... But it's a fucking bitch to see Metallica. They're like the best band live. 
but it's a real pain in the ass to see Metallica sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it just is. But they're like I one of the best bands lives. I don't even care about the price. It's not about the price. It's the process. <laughs> it's the process. It's literally the process. Oh, oh man. Yeah, no, it would have been sick to see Metallica. Like I could have got a free ticket, but I don't have my normal commuter car and I didn't feel like trying to push my like diesel old camper van like for a five hour trip. Yeah, it was like a five, six hour drive. Yeah, no, just... even fucking today, like I had to replace the freaking glow plug relay on it before I could go out and surf. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> fucking that is life stories of life. Life stories of life. Life stories of life. All right, you ready to get into Led Cocklin? Led Cock! All right. Okay, so here we go, boys. This is the let big the one. let out. <clears throat> it's five thirty with KZOZ. Get ninety three point three KZOZ. Get the let out. You know it's like five fifty one. Oh shit! You're right. Fuck. Well, Perfect anyway. timing. So here we go, boys. This is the big one. Technically, okay, so this is Led Zeppelin 4. But technically, this album is actually untitled. Like, the original cover, there's no name. I mean, there's no title. And Led Zeppelin's name isn't even on the front of the original cover. I don't know if it says it on the spine or on the back. But, yeah, the album, they just released the album. So it's technically, unofficially, Led Zeppelin 4. And I'll say this. Um... This album, before we get into it, this album is uh, pretty proggy in a lot of places. 70s proggy. You could say so, yes. Now, I'll say this, too. Since I'm a bit of a simp for 70s prog, because that's probably when prog was best, um, that won the album some points. Some points. So track number one is Black Dog. Now, if you don't know Led Zeppelin songs that well, you may be thinking, Black Dog? Which one was Black Dog? Oh, it you was this fucking know. It was this one. Hey! Gonna make you move, gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove. It's that one. Yeah, it's a radio punisher. It's one of the worst radio punishers. I don't mean worse as in the songs bad. I mean, this is one they like to fucking play a lot. And I'll be honest, I hadn't heard the song in a long time, so it wasn't I wasn't hating listening to it, and I can admit it's good. It's a good way to start the album, but it's just gonna make you burn gonna make you sting we should start a led zeppelin cover band we're gonna call ourselves thick zeppelin Dude, i can't fucking play the fucking bullshit timing <laughs> that they're on they're on doing true so what'd you think of black dog well i saw i was like bro this might be the most punisher led song of all <laughs> punisher led songs like and it's weirdly sloppy yeah I, uh, yeah, listening, I'm like, wow. Yeah. It's just like, either there it's this, this polyrhythm bullshit or fucking, they're playing, or it's just a weirdly sloppy, but freaking like, I'm like trying to think of the words. It's like sloppy, but it's like controlled sloppy. It's kind of weird. Oh, is, is a, no, this is the part where the Led Zeppelin fans are like, no, it's not sloppy. It's hard rock. No, you could say that does like you could say that's like prog playing. Yeah, there's a lot of like them like doing off counts that are like like trying to sync up with each other. It's polyrhythm the bullshit. Th- the thing I always remember most about this song is the break in the middle where it's like, ah, 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 
Yeah, no, this is like the most Punisher. Pun- like, it's a good song. No, like, it is. I can admit. There's worse. There's worse punishing. Well, I don't know. This is like the most Punisher Zeppelin song. For the ones we've listened to, if you ever heard this a million fucking times on the goddamn radio, no, I think Whole Lot of Love is a lot more torturous for me because I they're feel like I the, heard that one more. They're both the same. They're, <laughs> uh, so, track number two is called Rock and Roll. Now, you may be thinking, if you're not too familiar with Led Zeppelin songs, Rock and Roll, which one's that one? It's been a long time since I rock and roll. Yeah, this is there's a lot of iconic songs on here. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why. So this is a good song. It was this was one of the ones that they played on the radio that I could always kind of fuck with, you know? Yeah. This one was always it's quicker, it's more fun. I think this actually would have been a better opener than Black Dog, but whatever. Whatever. So far, pretty strong start. I always forgot that there's like they throw in that little piano interlude after the guitar solo. It's a re- it feels like a real rocker song. It's good. Well, and the thing it's like it's freaking it like not just rocker. It's like definitely kind of going off fifty style rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. Like it kind of like has that same kind of riff pattern. I heard this a bunch before, but it's a fun mid-tempo rock and roller, and I thought this song was titties. This song was what Hart opened up with when I saw them open up for Def Leppard. Cool. I gotta say, Ann Wilson- They wanted to play Led Zeppelin. I gotta tell you, Ann Wilson singing Led Zeppelin sounds pretty good. She's a good singer. Wait, who else was on that show? Um, It was just them. It was uh, was Hart and then Def Leppard, which that's pretty fucking 80s, dude. That's a pretty fun show. That was a good show. That sounds like a fun show. Like, Hart rules. Hart does rule, dude. Oh, Steamboat Annie? Bro. Yeah, dude, Hart rules. Barracuda. Or what's another one? Um, Come on home, girl. Listen with a smile. Ooh, Barracuda. So I want to I want to clarify. Black Dog's a Punisher, but I was like, okay, good opener. Rock and Roll's a radio Punisher, but it's one I like. I'm like, okay, this is going pretty good. We're riding high, and then track three, it falls off a fucking cliff. Did for you? Well, a little bit. It's called the Battle of Evermore. So this shit started, and my thought was. What the fuck is this? Plants singing. There's like acoustic guitars opening it. I thought it was going to come in with some weird like seven, eight time signature change any second now for the buildup. But it, no, the song stays in one place for six minutes. Now, I will say this as a fair man. The mandolins, there's mandolins on the song. They're very pretty and there's a lot of nice layerings. And like, I get it, bro. You guys like Lord of the Rings. This is, I think, the second song they wrote about Lord of the Rings. Um, but it just stays in one place and like it sounds cool, but it's the same thing for six minutes, which I'm sure someone out there would be like, bro, don't you like Nine Inch Nails? It's like Nine Inch Nails is different. They add layers and keep expanding on it. They add layers until about minute three. Then the last three minutes is just the same stuff over and over. Now it's just kind of like, uh, see for me, I really like this song. Well, one, because I like. I don't want to hear rockers on rockers on rockers. Well, I don't either. I like the Zeppelin. I like to think Zeppelin's like there's rockers and then there's folk songs. Yeah. And this one was a folk song. There's children's choruses. And honestly, Robert Plant really showing his vocals range. There was a guest vocalist on this one. actually. Maybe it was the guest vocalist, but there was definitely a lot going on. I'm no, like, there was. And there was like some weird vocal pattern or freaking melody that I've heard in fucking Iced Earth. And this like songs in a minor key. Kind of thing too. What melody was it? Can you remember it? Well, it's kind of like remember that fucking Civil War epic in Ice Star song. Yeah, it's like ah, I'm I'm gonna be bad. It's like that freaking like a da 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 da. It's like like you have to listen to that song. And there's somewhere where I'm like, fuck, I've heard this in Ice Earth. That's a fucking trip. I know. Let's up with Ice Earth. The connection. 
tie it all together. But honestly, I thought the song was kind of sick. I can understand you getting over it, six bits, but dude, there's been worse Zeppelin songs. Thought it was sick. Fuck you. No, I'm kidding. I don't mean that. I just thought it sounded funny. <sighs> nah, it was just whatever for me. So track four, here we go, baby. Fuck me. It's Stairway to Heaven. You know, I'll be honest. This is a legendary song in many, many, many ways. And I'll be honest, saying the name Stairway to Heaven, even despite some of my criticisms against Led Zeppelin, it gets a little bit of the goosebumps when you think of some of the iconic songs of all time. You know, iconic bands and all that. It's an eight-minute epic, and... It starts off with that acoustic riff we've all heard a million times. Bam, boom, bam, 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 boom, bam. And then it comes in with these wind instruments that sounds like it was written, uh, ripped right out of King Crimson's I Talk to the Wind. Some of the string melodies uh, reminded me of the slow bits of 2112. And I'll say this, I actually appreciate how the, the song gradually evolves and changes. But at the end of it all, I feel like the song was just a tad too long. I was just kind of feeling, eh, all right, you know? Like, that was okay. Didn't blow me away. Um, and I wrote here, also, Robert Plant apparently hates this fucking song. So, that's a little funny. I wrote down, for me, it's like, dude, it's the Guitar Store classic. And I'm just like, dude, I love this song. It's like fucking November Rain you for me. You love this song? Dude, this song's so sick because it just builds and builds. It just keeps going somewhere sick. And if Robert Plant hates it, it's like, oh, well, fucking, that's a you problem. No one hates Led Zeppelin more than him. Yeah, I know. But, like, I thought Stairway Heaven's, like, sick as fuck. And I'm like, dude, all of Side A is just fire. This is almost like the best Zeppelin I've heard. Now, man, I think it's kind of cool how Side A ends up going, a stairway to heaven. Yeah, no, what, like, when the drums kick in, it's, like, the sickest shit. No, it's good. I think it's good. I can understand if you're, like, not, like, into it and stuff. But for me, it's like, fuck, this is, like, Zeppelin's November Rain. Now, the next song I really like, track five, Misty Mountain Pop. Now, you may be sitting there. Misty Mountain Pop. What song was that? It's that one song where the vocals are like, bon, down, 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 down. That's the vocal melody. And it's like, oh, that's a good song. Um, it, it's the vocal melody that really make the song for me. It seals the deal. There's a lot of baby babies in here, but no, it's a radio punisher, but it's a good one. Yeah, I wrote down Misty Mountain's a fun song, and honestly, I was stoked for it. I thought it was good. I'm like, all right, albums still keep going strong. We're on side B now. We'll see where this goes. Track six is four sticks. This did, for the first bit of it, it kind of did nothing for me. I liked the layered tracks of guitar and percussion going on, but it was just kind of, eh, it didn't really go anywhere. And like, it, I don't remember how long the song is. I just know I wrote here by minute three and a half. I was just like, end. Yeah, That's I wrote down like, dude, this was a noodler and very self-indulgent of a song. Mm -hmm. I guess we need a break from the quality somehow. I was like, what is this, Zeppelin 1? <laughs> I guess so, but like, well, dude, it's like Bottom's ripping it, so like, yeah. if you listen to his like, fucking drum patterns, I'm like, dude, he's fucking constantly busy. Yeah. But it was a very self-indulgent fucking song. It's like, okay, I get it. You guys can fucking play your fucking shit for fucking six minutes <laughs> straight. Yeah. How about a fucking actual song? Track seven, we're back to the folk with Going to California. It's an acoustic so not song about how cool California is. And if you've ever heard any song about California, you know, 
like um, it never rains in, in California or California girls or this one. It's all the same thing. It's really pretty over here. We have a lot of hot chicks. And this was written in the early well, 70s. And this is in the early 70s. So, of course, he has to say how the girls have flowers in her hair. I swear, this is the second song he uses that same exact lyric. But whatever. Um, It's an acoustic song and it's pretty. It's nice. I would have liked it a little more if it wasn't, you know, if it just wasn't that monotonous there was this there was this one part i think it was like the first chorus or whatever where because he's singing it kind of a mellow tone but then he gets louder for the chorus and bro he has the wettest ass vocals reverb wise for that part and i was just like yo hey guy when did i get into an echo chamber over here but no i like i liked this folk song yeah, I wrote down, like, I've heard this song a bunch before. This is almost, you could say, like, their Punisher. I don't know if this is, like, the Punisher of their you, folk song. This songs. specific song or a song like this? I don't know. I, it could be this this specific song. I might have heard a bunch on the radio. Mm. But it's a fun folk song. It's nice. I'll give it a pass. Now, I'm going to say something about this last track. When the Levy Breaks, it's called. I'm going to tell you something. This song fucks. It opens up with this drum beat that I've heard a million times over the years and these cool guitars and harmonica come in and they brought in keys. It sounded it was like a hard rock song, but it sounded vaguely like a proto indie song, especially when playing its vocals come on with the bits of like reverb and distortion. Maybe the song didn't need to be 17 minutes. I might. <laughs> it's 17 fucking no, minutes. I, I meant seven. I meant seven. Sorry. I, I spoke wrong. I don't know why. I, I totally saying. like fucking tripped on that. I'm like, <laughs> oh. no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know if it needed to be seven minutes, but I was fine with it. I feel like I've heard this one on the radio, but I couldn't remember. Um, and after the last few songs, this was a breath of fresh air. I loved this last song. I wrote down, well, Bonham's drums sound fucking sick. Yeah, dude. If there's anything production wise, Bonham's drums sound sick. But this is kind of like a blues boy. And I wrote down, all right, where's this? Let's see where this it's goes. It's a better blues boy. And I wrote boy. down, honestly, it's just more of a groover. Yeah. It's just a seven minute groover. And yeah, no. Uh, my summary of this album was like, dude, for me, side A was kind of heavy and almost untouchable. And like side B is like, it's good Zeppelin, but honestly, just couldn't keep up with side A. Um, but that's my yeah. opinion. Uh, it seems I like, feel like we're a little, we actually have different opinions on this one. Ooh, Ooh interesting. What, we got a democracy over here. Oh, look at this. Now I, um, I, I think stairway fucks. And if you don't, then fuck you. I, I, no, fuck you. No, I fuck you. It's an overplayed. It's not even good. Prog. No. Fucking the first song. Oh, black dog. Okay. Yeah. Black that's dog. That's overplayed. <laughs> uh, stairways just overplayed in guitar shops. But yeah, no, um, I feel so this is part of the whole. So part of the reason I wanted to do the Zeppelin thing, besides for my personal journey, the end result is here it comes. Which album's better? Led Zeppelin 2 or Led Zeppelin? Hey, it's we still Led got Ze like what? Four more. We still got four more. Yeah, we're not done. Was it four? Wait, how many like studios? Was it nine or eight? I thought it was nine. I mean, sorry. So I thought it was five eight. more. I'll look at the five right now. or eight more. But yeah, not <laughs> eight more. <laughs> yeah, I'm like fuck. Eight more albums. Clap, 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 clap. No, clap. please no. No, but um, the um the debate within the fandom is always, you know, what's your favorite Led Zeppelin two or four? Ooh, it's a classic. I'm gonna be honest. I feel like I mean Led Zeppelin two has my favorite Led Zeppelin song on it. I feel like Led Zeppelin two four kicks the shit out of Led Zeppelin two as an album. Oh, as yeah. an album. 
Like, I don't understand how there's a comparison. Yeah, no, like, Led Zeppelin 4, like, that album's, like, almost, like, the peak of, like, their songwriting. It could be, you could say, almost the peak of their songwriting or just, like, constructing an album. But we don't yeah. know. There's could be four or five more albums to really, there's like, There's five. In. Okay, there's five more albums. We don't know where it goes from here. Next is House of the I'm actually Holy. curious. Yeah, because it's we're like in uncharted territory. The only thing I only know, I only can remember one Led Zeppelin song that we uh, that I've heard on the radio that we haven't heard yet. It's it's it's, it's this um this is slower one that my dad and I like, but that's it. We're in completely uncharted territory, and that is actually sounds interesting. That's exciting. Yeah, I know. Is it going to be horrible? Is it going to be <laughs> awesome? Is this going to be like some stuff where it's like, mm, cool? Now I do know that the next album is called Houses of the Holy, which, by the way, there's five albums left. Um, yeah, you which said. I okay, which uh, my dad said was always a personal favorite of his. So we'll see how that goes. I know. Is there a point when Zeppelin's popularity where they kind of stopped during these albums, where they kind of like plateaued? That I'm not sure, but I know after Led Zeppelin 4, the gap between records gets bigger. It's two years between four and houses, two years between the next one. That a year sounds be- normal. A year between the next one, then it's three years after that, and then it's three years after that, and then it's... um. And they call it quits. I only pointed that out because they released their first two albums the same year. Yeah. Then the next year is three. Then the next year is four. So when you do that, it's a little fuck. They churned all that out in four years. That's pretty. And it still has the impact it does. I'm not going to lie. I've got my critiques on Zeppelin, but that's kind of impressive. That is very, very. It was like back to back to back to back. I mean, the Beatles did that, too, but they were done by this point. Yeah. So these guys with those four records, they carried the torch into the next era of music. And then what? Five years after the no six years after this album, the, we get the Sex Pistols. So, yeah, I know we get that. Where like seventies, where like people realize, all right, honestly, a lot of this stuff's kind of self indulgent, self indulgent bullshit, newly bullshit. Can we just play some old classic, straightforward rock and roll? Yeah, man. And I guess yeah, that'd be like that Sex Pistols era. But I don't know how relevant and rock that is during that time period mm-hmm. and stuff. Obviously, like I prefer some punk rock, but not all punk rocks. So yeah. All equal. It's a very like during in the year of our <laughs> war, two thousand twenty one. Two thousand twenty one. Yeah. There's much to it. I went on Anarchy in the UK on YouTube for the Sex Pistols because I felt like hearing it and the top comment on there was like this song is America right now and I clicked off the video <laughs> I hear it's a perfectly killer fucking rock album I, I, it's like, I I've never listened out. to the whole thing I don't know maybe we need to review it for the podcast one day I know the real punk I know we're putting off Dark Side of the Ring but I know um, a lot of real punk rockers I've talked to seem to hate the Sex Pistols they, thought they think they're corporate whatever <laughs> Whatever's fucking corporate or whatnot, bro. All right, you ready to get in the cock side of the ring? Yeah, I know. I'm trying to figure out a goddamn timestamp. That's right. what I always write my notes as. It's always like, uh, lead Cocklin, cock side of the ring. Yeah, what's up with you and fucking cocks, bro? Cocks a funny word. Are you telling word. me something right now? No, cocks a funny word. <laughs> it is a funny word. But all right, listeners, you ready? Yes. We're here to back now for the uh, for the next part of the review. All right, let's talk about Dark Side of the Rings episode on Johnny Canine. With apparently um, record low ratings, I saw an article say. Yeah, no, the season hasn't been doing well. Seems like the ratings keep getting lower and lower. I'm kind of bummed because I thought that, well, I'm bummed because I want Dark Side of the Ring to be around forever, but I'm bummed that this episode didn't do well because I thought this episode was pretty neat. Well, dude, even the FMW FMW episode last, like, last week didn't do it like 
It's like record low, and then this week's record low. That sucks. Are uh, people that, pissed at Dark Side of the Ring? I don't know. It must be a bunch like, of Ric Flair season, fans. Like this, uh, the second half of the season's been kind of killer. I like it. What the fuck, people? Whatever. I don't know. Sorry, so, they're not talking about fucking Chris Benoit or whatever. Yeah, they yeah, might. They might have. Like, they might have peaked too early. Yeah. No, I'm like they're trying to tell stories I don't know, and I'm actually curious about. Yeah, this is the shit I like learning about wrestling. I know Chris Benoit's story. I know Brian Pillman's story. I didn't know much of the Owen Hart, but that was a super sick episode. No, that was great. And then like Dynamite Kid was like, "Fuck!" I didn't know that much about Dynamite Kid. I just know that he suit he was super um, legendary and influential and kind of a prick. Yeah, super. Prick. And then it turns out he was a super prick. Yeah, I know. Kind of a monster, to be honest. So it opens with so the opening is the same as all the other episodes. Yeah, they just broadly just, covers the topic. Uh, Chris Jerich, uh, we open up with this crazy thick man cutting a promo as Chris Jericho calls him a complex man. Right there, I knew I was in for a treat. So the intro, it's basically saying, "Hey, in the ring, he was a vicious heel. He was a teddy bear in the locker room, but on the streets." He was a fucking madman. He was part of Satan's Choice Biker Chapter and bl- I guess blew up a police station. I'm like, that went zero to 100 real quick. Yeah, I know. That's the thing about the intro, but it's trying to freaking hook got you me, in. It got me hooked and not just because we were going to review it anyway, but still. So the episode starts off proper. We're shown footage of him wrestling Sam Houston and people are talking about uh, how he was a jobber and how, you know, and jobbers are there to put people over and how a lot of people knew K-9 and how he loved wrestling. But also he made money illegally. Ooh, we see K-9. Well, that's how they asked, like, how he made his money. And like, I don't know if we met his widow yet, but like for sure, they like quite yet. They state that he made his money illegally. And then we made his living illegally. Yes, yes. So we see K9 talking in an interview about how he got his name. Um, and he said he worked at a bar and one time he got arrested. And as they threw him away in the, as he said, in the petty wagon, uh, he saw a K9 unit truck and took his name from that. Now we meet his uh, widow, Tracy Edwards. She was married to him. Uh, she, this is the most biker shit. She was an exotic dancer and he and they met when he strolled into her club and everyone just stopped what he was doing as she entered as he entered the room. And then they locked eyes from across the room as she was on stage. And it was like love at first sight. I'm like, yo, was this Sons of Anarchy? Dude, this kind of episode was just <laughs> is like kind of like a documentary of Sons of Anarchy. So at this point, he was a jobber in the WWF, but they're not really booking him anymore. Yeah, so. no, this is where his like gigs as a jobber dries up a little bit. So he goes into the independent scene, and we meet a man named Scott Demort, who is like the main head executive or whatever for Impact Wrestling now. Yeah, and he was a yeah. wrestler, and he wrestled for like WWF back then and stuff. I think he was a jobber, so he was a guy roam, roaming around on the indies, and freaking he knew uh, K- Johnny K9. I thought that was really neat. And he talks about how they, the first time they, well, not the first time they met, but they ran into each other after a long time uh, at a benefit show. And he said he walked into the locker room and he saw a sign for like the new and improved Johnny K-9. And he thought, what, he slimmed down? And it's like, no, Johnny K-9 comes in. He's just this big, thick wall of muscle. He's a fucking wall of a man. It's the wall, brother. <laughs> it's the wall. Oh man, and I'm just saying that's uh, and he's like he's like he was wearing flip flops and a and had a Fu Manchu mustache. I'm like that's a great image. That's just <laughs> yeah, that is a great image. So he makes an impact because he looks great and he's fun. 
Terry talks about how he sought strength because, and this is where it's like, wait a minute. This well, isn't dark side of football where well, it's... Well, like, you, like, you were skipping over that Scott Demore talks about, like, at the any event, he wrestles, like, free... He wrestles Johnny K-9, and they actually have a pretty good match that actually helps them start yeah, actually right, touring right. around and getting booked. Now, I'll yeah. talk about the tragic childhood of uh, Johnny K-9. Yeah, this is the part where it's like, wait a minute, this, is, this isn't this is all funs and games, like, dark side of football with a, the dark Sith Lord, Bill Belichick. <sighs> this, is, this, is real, this is real shit. This is Brian Pillman's stepdad throwing his GameCube. Well, there was no GameCubes being thrown around, but there no, was like, a fucking drunk asshole dad trying to beat the shit out of his kid. Yeah, it's fucked up. They, uh, his wife, Terry, says um, his dad was just really abusive. He'd get drunk and he and he would hurt, um, you know, uh, canine and his uh, and his siblings and his mom and stuff. She tells the story about how when he was a kid, he would like hide under his bed and stuff so that his dad couldn't get him with the broom. And it's just like, fuck, man. Yeah, I know. So you can see uh, kind of a sensitive dude because fucking asshole dads. So what contributed? So the idea is that's what helped contribute to his tough guy persona and his quest for strength as he got older because he didn't want to be that weak little boy. So, yeah, next then we get a story of Scott Moore <sighs> getting actually short, getting uh, short. This Getting was sorted by a promoter. This was so great. And he like says like when you're like and you're like you don't count the cash in front of the promoter. You usually like just take the envelope, be stoked that you got a got some money and then bounce out. And then when yeah. he's counting the cash in the in like with Johnny K9 and well in Johnny K9's Jeep, he just like realized, damn it, he did short me. And like Johnny K9 supposedly has a very light voice. He's like, Hey, did he sort you, man? <laughs> did he sort you? You know what? I'm gonna go talk to him. And then what did he do? What did he go when he talked to the promoter? He goes up to the promoter. Scott says he follows him. And when he walks in, he's got this promoter with, I think, one arm. He's just like one arm by the neck, holding him up like fucking Darth Vader, like Darth Vader (laughs) on that fucking poor, like rebel soldier in episode four. Yeah. Yeah. Right in the beginning. Yeah. He's just got the fucking Darth, like the friggin uh, Death Star plans are at. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Except not really. He's just trying to, he's just yelling. Hey, did you short my friend? Did you short Scott? And apparently he makes the promoter crap his pants so much that he's th- in Scott's words he's throwing money at them and then and then they get back in the truck and then canine's like he's never gonna short you again and then Scott's like he's never gonna book us again and yeah he, they never got booked again by that promoter I thought that was funny sounds a great story bro you shouldn't be shorting people on the cash yeah wrestling promoters are kind of shitty sometimes yes so then Terry tells a funny story about at least at that time yeah I don't know if it's much these days I hope not Terry tells a funny story just about how he was a joker and a fun guy, but specifically a story about how sometimes when they'd order pizza, he would answer the door naked. As a joke. As a joke. Like, wow, what is this, Ric Flair? Whatever, funny, uh, yeah, but what are you going to do? <laughs> like, start cursing at this yeah, yeah, big, cause, yeah, cause big, he even, this big, muscly, friggin' scary, tattooed, bald man? Listen. With a Fu Manchu? If I'm delivering a pizza to, to, to a big, scary, bald, tattoo man... And he answers the door naked. I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm just going to say, here's your pizza, sir. And hope he gave me a couple dollars tip. All right. When I was a pizza delivery boy, I never had anything like that happen to me. Now, when I was being trained, when I was in training for like learning how to deliver pizza, the guy told like the dude that was training me said a story one time where he walked in, walked to a hotel and delivered pizza. And it was a fucking freaking senior orgy that freaking he like answered the door. So, yeah, it was a bunch of naked old people. And he's like, oh. Here's your pizza. It's like, oh, thank you. 
I've never had that happen to me. Okay. I know. That's, that's all you can say to that. Yeah, I know, kinky old people. So then, you know what's funny about that? Is that like... What? Okay, do you remember a like... fucking swingers want to have a fucking orgy? Because no, they're horny fucking weirdos? No, it's like, do you remember like a year or so ago, you, you showed me this article about like Barnes and Nobles apparently has like a lot of horny, like has like a weird horny sex cult or something? I vaguely remember that because I remember harassing you on like ribbing you on that bro. Like about a week after that, I heard this I heard this story uh, of like apparently sometime in Fresno my dad had a friend that delivered because I told him about that and a friend delivered pizza and then yeah, it was similar to yours. He just uh he just opened the door and there was like cl- close to four naked people in the room when he grabbed the pizza. And he's just like, "Okay." <laughs> I was not prepared to see a penis this evening. <laughs> so Scott, so Scott feels talks about how he feels like, and Terry backs this up that Johnny Canine was the kind of guy that liked to be the center of attention. Uh, he tells a story about how one time they were playing a show and there was a band there. I think this was Smoky Mountain Wrestling. They, this is part okay. of the story where they go into Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and like, yeah, there was a band that was going to open up to start kind of the show and stuff. And Johnny, like, the band's like setting up, and Johnny Canine goes up to the drummer. And he's like, "Hey, man, cool if I could uh, sit and like lay a beat down, stick around." He's like, "Yeah, sure." And like, people are like, "Oh." The boys in the back are like, oh, hey, look, Johnny's trying to play drums. And he, like, plays, like, a confident beat. And he's like, oh, shit, look at that. Johnny can play a little bit of drums. Yeah. And it's like, oh. And then he tries to start dicking around singing on the microphone. It's like, he can play drums okay, but he cannot <laughs> sing. In the song. He, he cannot sing. I recognize the song he was trying to sing. It was Joe Walsh's uh, Rocky Mountain Way. Spend the last year Rocky Mountain Way. That was good shit. So, oh, this was a Smoky Rock. This was a Smoky Mountain. This I wrote here. This was a Terry Gordy's promotion. Oh, okay. Which man? Well, poor Terry. We're... Poor Terry Gordy. Yeah. <laughs> so Jim Cornette on. Been a while. I feel like since we saw Jim Cornette. It's kind of been a minute. He's on. Talks about how he... it has been a minute. Yeah, because was he? Well, like, I don't think he's been on the past couple three episodes. Like he was all over the freaking la- like first, the first half. Yeah, first half of the season. But then he realized, oh. They talk about WWF when he's not there. They talk about WCW when he's not there. They talk about they Dynamite talk, Kid. They talk about... I don't think he was on that uh, one. Well, I talk about just this season. Yeah, well, no, that was this season. Dynamite Kid? Yeah. Yeah, but that was like the first half. I'm talking about the like second half. Well, they're there. not separate seasons. Yeah, but like... Either way, if you want to like... Continue, like bunch yeah, no, together, I get what you're saying. Though. I'm saying, you're saying with though. the break. Yeah. It's like, he hasn't been on the last three episodes for this break. Like, the fuck he was there for, like, Japanese wrestling that I'm aware of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's on. And honestly, he spends a few minutes just putting over how cool Rocky Mountain Pro was. He was like, yeah, we were one of the only, cool, we just- were one of the last territory wrestling places. And the idea was we wanted to be an old school just wrestling promotion. That's my Jim Cornette voice. And he talks about how he saw Canine for the first time in the locker room somewhere, and he was just in awe of him. Saw him wrestle, and he's like, and he offers him to come out to Tennessee to be part of Smoky Mountain because he was a very like imposing looking gentleman. And um, Johnny was like, "Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude." So he brings him for over, sure, Jimmy. He re. <laughs> 
He renames him. What does he name him? Bru- bro- br- Bruiser Bedlam. Bruiser Bedlam. Or the Bedlam Bruiser. You know what's funny? Or was it Bedlam? Was it Bruiser Bed? I think it is Bruiser Bedlam. I thought so too. You know what's funny? My dumb ass was like, "Wait, is this secretly the origin story of Bruiser Brody?" Wait, no, they already did that. But I remembered that this was Bruiser Bedlam, not Bruiser Brody. I mean, listen, you hear Bruiser, you think of Bruiser Brody or Dick the Bruiser. Well, continuing on from like <laughs> getting mixed up with the bruiser, there's a couple bruisers. There's a funny story he says where uh, he would always, no matter how cold it was, that fucking Johnny would roll up in a big ass jeep because he would drive from fucking Canada. Yeah, so he's mobbing in his fucking open open air fucking jeep, and he'd just be mobbing in the friggin' tank top and flip flops, and it's like it's snowing outside. Why are you wearing that? Because it's about to get hot as fuck when I get in the fucking Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. So don't matter. <laughs> oh man. So Cornette puts him in a match against Bob Armstrong, who he says was like their big fat baby face, and he has him win. He's like, and the crowd's like, "What? No one beats Bob Armstrong." And then Jim talks about how he tried, how for a promo video, oh, he you was kind of tr- skipped over Cornette. Ask him about his friggin' stomach tattoo. Oh yeah, that's right. He asked him about his stomach tattoo, and he's like, "Oh, I got it in prison." Um, uh, there was a bunch of guys there, and then they all agreed they'd get tattoos. And then Cornette's like, "Well, why'd you get the tat?" I think he got the tattoo out of jail. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, "Well, why would you do that?" And then um, Johnny just says something to the effect of like, "These are people you don't say no to." No, hey Jimmy, these are some people you just don't say no to. He could sound like Mickey Mouse. Well, that's what they may have sound like. They did. They did. But yeah, then there's that. And then there's the part where I was saying where um, uh, for a promo video. He beats Bob Armstrong. I, yeah, I said that. And then. Um, it shocks the crowd. Yeah, it's a shock the system. So he's now like the big bad heel for friggin' Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And then Jim talks about how uh, for a promo video, he tried to break ungimmicked bottles, which means they weren't. He's like, hey, Jimmy, I could totally crack this beer bottle in my head. <laughs> well. He yeah, tries like two or three times, and it's like it's like we're just gonna gimmick the bottle, yeah. And then like show the footage, and he's got like the knot and like a little bit of blood dripping down his head. They also show him punching a fucking nail through a board. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I was like, why? But okay. Well, would you want to get punched by a dude that could punch a nail through a board? No, <laughs> I think that's supposed to scur you. You're supposed to be scared by this big beefy scary man. I'm scared by him, and he's dead. Oh, this all screaming at your ass. Yeah, yeah, he was a lot. He was a. Oh! So then the interviewer asked Cornette if he knew what K9 did for money. And Jim says, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's basically it. Bill Dunfion, uh, who's basically a true crime journalist, he talks about uh, where K9 grew up. There was a lot of crime and uh, how he was very poor. Then Len Eisner on and talks about how. He worked for the Gravel family, which was a big uh, crime family in where, where Hampton. Is it Ham- Hampton or Bedlam or whatever? Oh, fuck. I never got to town. I thought it was Hampton. Whatever. The town that it's he's still. like, the town he lurks out in. I guess there's a mafia family. So once these two showed up, it was kind of like, it was kind of like a funny little whiplash because at this point, yeah, you're hearing some stuff, but it's still kind of like, oh, and it's like your gentleman he- just came up and was like, yeah, no. So he did like a lot of criminal stuff. It's like, yeah, he was part he, of a crime family. Yeah, no, he was a enforcer for a crime family and mostly just helped go out and collect debt, the debts. And I was like, oh, okay. 
So but then, then they talk about him having dreams as a, ch- a child because his brother was in a biker gang and thought that was the sickest shit. Yeah. So he and so he was hoping one day he could join a biker gang. So he joins Satan's Choice and eventually he, he becomes the president really fast. He becomes president. No, he opens his own chapter and he's the president of that. Yeah. Which and is like that's du- fucking impressive. And like some dudes were a little against it, but at the same time, like you know, he's a big, scary, intimidating man, and no one fucks with him. So yeah, they we had- get it. Earned and he makes the money so yeah like some of us pride wise nah he shouldn't have got it but then we were on the bigger picture wise you know what it's fine he got it yeah there's a guy on mark carlos who's who knew him and yeah he he said well, he was a former satan's choice yeah he said that you know no one really rose as fast as johnny did and he said he didn't really agree with it but he was basic his feeling was basically you can't argue with results so then he, apparent so then at the time so they're telling stories about how when he's at Smoky Mountain, he's chilling at the well, Smoky Mountain flop house. So I guess a spot where he can crash out where they're doing yeah. like shows throughout the week. And then apparently he lives with Chris Jericho for a while. Yeah, I know. And like he tries to do dishes, but like him his version of doing dishes is he just takes the plate, runs water on it, try to shake off whatever stuff and then put it back in the cupboards. And Jericho is like sorry, it's like uh that's not how you do dishes. In a very polite manner. It's not like me where I was like, bro, have you ever done dishes before? No, I wrote here. I wrote and apparently sucks at doing dishes. <laughs> I would have just been sitting there. Oh, fuck. It was me. I don't know if I would have been scared. I would have been like, bro, have you ever done dishes before? Oh, I would have been scared to tell him I would have told him fucking food handlers, cars and shit. <laughs> I'm like, no, bro, you got to actually clean this shit. It's like, got to take the soap and stuff. But Jericho was like, you know, he's kind of like big and scary. And like, I just took over trying to do the dishes. He would try to like, no, I want to do the dishes. Like, no, no, no. Just take out Get the trash. trash. <laughs> take out the trash. I hope you can't fuck this up. <laughs> that was funny. Big, scary criminal man, but can't do his dishes. So <laughs> kind of like... That's kind of funny. Yeah, I know. It's kind of funny, but also kind of sad. No, it is. I blame the dad. I f- that piece of shit could, yeah. I guess, never taught his children how to do dishes. Yeah, what the fuck? If I ever squirt children out, they're going to learn how to do some fucking dishes. If you ever squirt children out. Yes. Okay. Yes. So Those motherfuckers <laughs> will learn how to do dishes. And you'll be shocked on how many fucking people on that... Do not know how to do the fucking dishes. He lives with a few of them, too. Yes! <laughs> Fuck, even some of my, na- like, my punishers now, I'll be like, like, they'll like, want to, they'll like, want to be polite and like, clean my freaking, uh, shaker cup for my, like, nutrition, like, shake in the morning, and I could still see residue left over. I'm like, that's just gonna get me sick. So I have to go actually do it. I know. A fucking shocker. I know people that don't know how to fucking clean toilets or could do fucking dishes confidently. I guess it's a fucking tr- like a freaking journeyman level skill to some. Well, as you said it yourself, a lot of people just don't do it right. So that's yeah, just- or never <laughs> learn to do it right, or just can't you fucking see the fucking food particles? Can't you like look? Unless your vision is dog shit. So at this point, K9's killing it at Smokey. This is fucking gnarly. They brought in Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Jake the Snake Roberts to wrestle him. And Macho Man went up to Jim Cornette. He's like, hey, this is your new guy, right? Let yeah. me let me put him over tonight. Yeah, let me put him over tonight. And, yeah. Corn- and Cornette's like, what the fuck? Macho Man Randy Savage wants to put him over? But he's like, Macho Man's like logic's like, I don't work here. Yeah. Who cares? Exactly. He's your big. He's your big guy. I'm just sitting here for a quick tri- for a quick trip. So, 
Cornette says he words it like time passes, but talent has to change over again and there was no place for him. Yeah, I guess there's a fucking season change or something. I don't fucking know. But yeah, I guess they like switch it up and it's like Cornette's just like, yeah, sorry, I don't have anything for you. And he's just like, you know what? Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you for the opportunity. And then just goes out and tries to make it make himself something in the indies. It's actually kind of sad because after Smokey, he's still wrestling, but he's... It slows down. Yeah, he's dissatisfied with the small crowds. He never really gets his big breaks, and he really, really doubles down on his dark affairs. Yeah, no, so he just goes straight in the fucking his biker shit. Because now they like talk about him, like, oh, what, he set up his charter, he's got a clubhouse, but he's on constant surveillance by some fucking detectives. And he They're actually, hanging like, outside and he shit. actually goes up and talks to them. He's like, hey, guys, I don't know what you guys are doing here. You're not going to find much. We're just being here, just uh, hanging out, drawing some brewskis. And, and yeah, no, I got my bike, and uh, I got my bike in the shop right now. And, like, literally, like, detectives, like, so he's just kind of telling us stuff that honestly gives us, like, pseudo information that we can actually look up on and then due to wiretaps on listening to meetings they find out that he made friends with a guy named michael dubay of another chapter who's like a super fucking sketchy dude like yeah. he's like fucking dangerous like all right i'm a fucking bandit and i do fucking sketchy shit fuck you <laughs> so there's a story so they proceed to tell how they go to an adult entertainment place and his boys are trying to remove their jackets because the way the bar works is there's no colors allowed. You can't rep your 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 chapter. But Kane is like just sitting there, like, no, we're gonna wear we're gonna wear our jackets. Yeah, he's like, fuck it, we're rocking our colors. So they go in. The bar people are like, hey, it's no colors. We're refusing you service. Canine and crew won't leave, and eventually they call the cops. So then eventually, you know, Johnny's like, okay, we'll go, we'll go. Okay, fine, fuck you guys. You ain't gonna get our money. We want to see some titties, but fuck you. And then we're like, fuck it. We're gonna bomb the theater. We're bomb the theater? The that's, strip club. That's what they called it. They called it a theater. It's a fucking strip club. I know it's a strip club, but they called it a theater. I wanted accurate notes. What is this fucking Canada, like, freaking, like, words for a strip club? It's adult entertainment. It's, a, it's not a strip club. Wait, it was. It's a fucking naughty theater? I don't know. They just said adult entertainment. Whatever. It's a spot where you can see titties and they want to bomb it. <laughs> yeah. But then, okay, I didn't know if I understood things. I thought K9 said, fuck it, we're going to do something else. But I guess he got tricked into it. Well, no, he got tricked in because Michael. Yeah. Like, he was going to set up a bomb and he wanted to bomb the strip club. But I guess Michael, like, tricked him into, like, setting the bomb outside of the police station. And blew up the police. Well, he didn't blow it up, but he blew a hole in the wall. But still, he blew up a police he station. Threw a he threw a bomb next to the police station and blew it and most likely tried to send a message to the cops. So on one hand, I was like, oh, man, he got tricked. But then I thought about it. Wait a minute. This motherfucker was really going to bomb a fucking strip club. <laughs> no, it's a theater. A theater. <sighs> Shut up. Hey, so, you said it, not me. So law enforcement are like, oh, fuck this. We're taking them. We're going to plot to take him down. They raid his house and canines like try. They, they raid someplace and they try to like they bust in. They break into canines room and arrest him. Dude, like it's a fucking trip, too, because like they, I think canine was living at the clubhouse. Yeah. And like the SWAT team rolls up to the clubhouse and friggin. Well, it's kind of. A, yeah, no. Sorry, I'm just trying to see where my notes are at. They go to raid, like, dude, his doors are reinforced, so they literally have to blow a hole in the wall. Yeah. And then bust in, canines ready to fucking tackle the, fight all the SWAT teams, but his freaking, like, his wife slash widows to tell, please don't, don't, don't make it worse. So yeah, he gets arrested. 
And then Lance Storm, like, gets news through the newspaper that his good friend was, like, supposedly caught in a bombing a police station. And, like, Lance Storm's like, what? No. And Lance Storm's... He's, like, the coolest dude. Why would he bomb a police station? And right before that, Lance Storm said, this is perplexing. <laughs> in that Lance Storm voice. I'm like, that's an accurate word. But then, yeah. The f- oh, and this was fucking funny. The Ontario Police Department fucking flex on him because then they take their construction crane and they take it Dude, to they the- just tore down and repossessed the fucking clubhouse. Yeah. I was like, bro, that was a big pee-pee moment. Because fuck it. They don't like biker bullshit. So Johnny's interrogated by someone and he coughs up Michael Dubay as the culprit. So because of this, uh, he's called a rat and he's well, ousted he's released, from the club. Like he's released off bail. He goes yeah. to say what's up to the Satan choice gentlemen. They fucking and then like the friggin' um, reenactments. They take a bat to friggin' his like legs. They beat his ass and then like rip off his like friggin' colors. And then it's like, all right, you're out of the club. Bye. Yeah, and then Terry tells Bye. a story. Fuck ter- you. Terry tells a story about how they met. Um, she ran into an old friend of hers. And it's like, oh, hey, how you doing? And then and then their husband was just like, your husband's a fucking rat. And according to her, she cracked him in the face. And they're like, because like, she's like, you know, madly in love with uh, Mr. Canine. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like they have a solid relationship. It does. She's a ride or die. That's for sure. That is definite. She <laughs> she makes it she's ride or die. Except when Canine goes to jail, she divorces him and then moves out west of Vancouver to get yeah. away from all the biker bullshit. Because she got pulled over one time by the cops and she's like, hey, I am not doing anything wrong. And it's like, honestly, we're just pulling over to tell you that there's a hit on you and your husband. Your life's in danger. And it's like, all right, I'm done with this biker bullshit. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, she leaves to West Canada, which is in Van- BC and Vancouver. And um, and he eventually their kid is two years old at this point, and then eventually he gets released. He in the year of our Lord of two thousand two, two, and he follows her to Vancouver. And in her own words, when I saw him at the airport, I was just so in love with him. I took him back. Sounds cool. I hugged him and I said, "Let's make something good out of something bad." Yeah, let's not do this biker bullshit. So he does this fucking biker bullshit. Actually, no. He gets arrested again because, That's like, right. friggin' they, like, try to, like, get him for, like, a murder of, like, a f- elderly couple. Yeah, this is kind of a big thing. So it's a double murder. It was a lawyer and her husband. They were murdered in the year of our Lord, 1988. And I wrote here in my notes because I could hear the music. Was it 88 or 98? They said 88. And I, I wrote here, bro, this shit is so noir with the soundtrack. Did you hear the music? It was like a fucking detective show. Oh, hey, good, like, freaking audio to, like, set up the fucking shit. But yeah, like, fucking football, Dark Side of Football. I yeah. have not watched Dark Side of 90s, though. Have you? I forgot they were doing that. Dude, there's, like, fucking, you can go watch that shit. Huh. Are you going to watch it? I don't know. What's the first episode? The... D- Freaking television, so they just talk about Jerry Springer bullshit. Oh, is that the thing I saw about the trash TV thing? Yes. Oh, I've heard everything about that already. It's like, oh, I get it. Jerry Jerry Springer, he's a bad man. Trash oh, TV yeah, is Oh, yeah, he used fucking Ooh. actors to do weird bullshit. I'm like, I don't care. It's, it's entertaining. It's fucking fake. <laughs> and Steve Wilkos looks weird. Uh, it is penis dome. The Steve Wilkos show isn't as good as it used to be, but I really do like Steve Wilkos. Then there's fucking Maury. Maury doesn't give a shit. And Maury, his show is just 1997 all over again. You are not. The, the crowd just erupts. Dude does fucking backflip and shit. It's a cartoon. That's why I like Maury still. 
Um, but anyway, yeah, it's a double murder for that. He's accused of that. Now, if you go on the Wikipedia page for Johnny, for Johnny K9, they will tell you they eventually dismissed the charges from lack of evidence, but the charges kind of ruined their lives a bit. Lance and Scott share their bewilderment and shock. More of the news. It's like, oh no, what? Canine, no. So in 2007, they remarried. By the way, it's really interesting. Well, he to like me. served for 20 months and then yeah. was released out of jail because there was no actual evidence of yeah. him like murdering like this lawyer and his wife. By the way, I have to point out, it's really jarring to me to know that while all this was going on, you know, him being on, doing, getting accused of this murder shit and trying to get his life back together. Around this point and around that point in time, I was like just getting into wrestling. So I'm just thinking to myself, as I'm watching Undertaker fight Randy Orton for like the 10th time, fucking, fucking Johnny Kane, I was in jail for murder. Yeah. That's it. That's crazy. So it's 2007. They remarry and he's like, well, what the fuck? What the fuck am I going to do for money? And she's like, I don't know, go try acting. You're like, you can like look like a thug for the camera. Then we get a shot of him trying to crack a guy over the head with a two by four on the CW. And, I didn't know what show it that was. But I guess he didn't pan Like he couldn't do the acting shtick. So like at a gym, he actually meet he actually meets some some hell's <laughs> angels and some uh, UN peeps, which is a multi-ethnic biker game for those that don't know. And this dude. Oh, my God. This shit's gnarly. She tells a story how he had pounds and pounds of weed at their house. I thought when she says she had pounds and pounds of meat. I'm like, what? <laughs> they're, like they're showing in the things like, oh, pounds and pounds of weed. No, why would they Why would they need that? He is pounds and pounds of meat. He is pounds and pounds of meat. But maybe to supply that pounds and pounds of meat, you need he to eat pounds, pounds and, and pounds, pounds of meat. meat. This, is some, this is some fuck shit, though. He was like... Um, he has all this weed there and he's like, he's like, Hey, I'm going to spray it with Coca-Cola and, uh, and, and, um, spray them with, it was like Coca-Cola and some other substance to try to make them way more so they can, uh, so they can sell it at a higher price. Yeah. For some reason I wrote weed twice. I wrote, he sprayed the weed with weed and Coca-Cola, but yeah, to make them way more so they'd make more money. And then and this is for the UN. Yeah. I don't think they said anything. That's kind of a big deal. I'm like, I don't know if they said anything him going to Hell's Angels, but for sure he like joins up with the UN. Yeah. So then that's going down and then it cuts to the there's, but then a, there's a freaking. Yeah. What was the. Sorry. I was going to say it cuts to there was a botched hit on a guy. And in the aftermath, a random young man was killed and he got picked up for that for what conspiracy to kill or something. Something like that. It's basically it was a UN hit and they they, they want to take down all the UN gentlemen at that fucking Vancouver or whatever the shit. Terry at this point was nine months pregnant with their second kid. Yes. So he pleads guilty to the murder, but after four years, he's released. To and, a halfway house. Yeah, and he's meant to go back to Vancouver. But then one day um, yeah. when that happens, the police knock on Terry's door. And they, Was it Terry or Tracy? I thought her name was Terry. I just have it as the widow. Hold on, I'm going to look this up here. Yeah, I see Terry, Terry, Terry Edwards. I have it as Tracy Edwards. Because I think I was joking to myself. You got some nerves, Jake Bonesteel. Sorry, uh, good for Bonesteel's uh, ex-girlfriend. Oh, shit, it is Tracy. Why the fuck did I keep writing Terry? I don't know. Because you're bad at getting notes, I guess. You're slipping, bro. You're slipping. Shut the fuck up. So, and this is the good show. She gets told he passed away. Yeah, and it's uh, devastating. Yeah, it's really sad. 
It probably doesn't sound like it by my tone of voice, but she's really sad. And it's kind of weird, too, because the official cause of death is a heart attack. But then there's a lot of speculation with his death. Yeah, which I have right, which I have right here. The official ruling is a heart attack, but the biker homie, Mark Carlos or whatever his name was, says he thinks he was either poisoned or killed himself. Terry says when they scrubbed his lungs, they found mace in his lungs and and feel and thinks he was sprayed with mace by the guards. Scott says he read the headline and thought, you know, he could have wrote that himself. And then the officer dudes say the officer dudes. It's weird. I liked him throughout the show, but in these last two minutes, they just sounded like, you know, corporate stooges a bit because they just vilified the shit out. Of yeah, they stand by that. And then I forget which one of them said, but he, they're like. They say his death is sad because they felt the truth died with him about the double murder. And they're kind of upset that he's been turned into like some kind of wrestling folk hero. The cops. <laughs> One of them even straight up says he doesn't believe Tracy. Like, uh, when, like when Tracy she says believes, he's innocent. Yeah, like Tracy believes like, dude, he'll beat the shit out of people, but he'll never murder anyone. And he's like, this is a very dangerous man that hurt a lot of people. Yeah, there's a difference between hurting and killing, though. Yeah. Lance Lance starts to tear up. He I know we get sad Lance Storm. He expresses sympathy because he felt like K9 never really got his happy ending. His biker friend says he wished back, you know, he could go back in time and talk him out of wanting to be in the biker gang. The true crime guy says uh his story is one of thwarted ambition. Tried to go from enforcer to leader and failed. Tried to excel at wrestling and couldn't quite get it. And then Terry ends off the show saying he was a bad motherfucker, and he did what he loved. I thought this episode was great. Yeah, this episode was awesome. Why did why why is the show getting low ratings? I don't know. I guess some people just I know maybe people just aren't that like curious about like I don't know who Johnny K9 is. I know. I'm sure, I give a fuck. I know Vice is very hated by the super anti woke people. Maybe is that affecting their numbers? I don't fucking know if like super anti woke people are you like going against Dark Side of the Ring. I hope not. But yeah, I know this episode kicked ass. All right. That was great. Let me for, guess. You have to go to the bathroom. Yes. For us, we're going to take a break, but we'll be back. We'll fucking rock a little. All right, listeners. Are you ready? It's time for Rock of Love. Fucking Rock of Love Bust, season three, episode nine. Honestly, you could say this is like one of the fucking top three episodes. Yeah. I've been so ready for this. X's and O's. We got the X's, and these X's are a fucking, fucking trip. Oh, dude. It's I'm pretty some, hyped. Not going to lie. It's some bananas. It's it's nutty. There's going to be jokes. Joke, I'm cracking a fucking cold one. That's going to be so good. <laughs> All right, I forgot. Do you do the recap and then I do the... Yes. Okay. Just like last time on Dragon Ball Z. I'm trying to pull up my notes. Brett Michaels enters the cell games. <laughs> Brett Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see if I could do this. Oh, God damn it. No! Oh, fucking... My notes stopped scrolling. <laughs> last time on Rock of Love, bikini daycare as the women in hot bikinis had to watch children for the veterans. Then Brett was simping more and hard for Ashley. And then we got the death of Farrah. Now, this time on Rock of Love, Edward sing this theme song. Oh, yeah, no problem, bro. Please never introduce myself. I'm gonna get you off like there's no one else. Please let me be your flesh and blood, your dirty secret, your rock of love. And then we open with mad makeouts from the last elimination as Brett and Tay are just going ham on each other's faces. Yeah, it opens up immediately. 
uh, at the elimination of the last round when Farrah's gone. And uh, like I said on the YouTube, I wrote here on the YouTubers, I don't get a recap. So this just opens up with Taya and Brett making out hardcore parkour. And then like we got the ladies just hanging out. I was like, all right, who got eliminated? Who's coming through? And Ashley's losing her shit. It's like, oh shit, my friend Taya, I'm not fucking Farah is still there. Almost said I wrote here, the camera swoops in as tender romantic guitar music plays. Taya is still wearing her black dress and high heel shoes. And Brett Michaels uh, is dressed in a dumb brown uh, duster coat. The girls begin to become uneasy, Ashley as well, as Farah is taking forever to get back. But in a case of the classic bait and switcheroo, Taya is in the victory, is the victor this eve. Yes, and well, Ashley didn't tears to, up, and I'm like, dude, this is the best. This did best episode. Ashley's losing her shit, and she's like tearing up. Yeah. Well, you said I didn't have that good of notes last time, so I made sure to get super detailed notes. There you go. That's my guy. So the next morning, after some quick establishing shots, shots on the beat of the beach, because I guess the TV people think we're stupid and forgot that they were at a beach. Um, everyone, or packed- who cares? I'd rather have shots of the beast than shots of the show. <laughs> Everyone packs up and heads down to the bus. You'll recall that last time the two buses now became one. So there's just one bus. The letter says we're going to St. Augustine, Florida. And Britannia is like, what is St. Augustine, Florida? I thought that was funny. And the note said his smoking hot six. Yeah. And he's like, we are going to be looking forward by looking back in the past. And the ladies go like, wait, is his parents or exes? It's gonna take you back to the past. So they get to their hotel. We cut to them chilling in a room, sitting around. Speculating. Waiting for the, yeah, waiting for the night. Taya and Beverly are having like a nice casual conversation about Beverly's hair. Then Ashley's just a dick. No, they were talking about it. like Jamie's headband scarf thing. Yeah. As like Taya's going like, oh, hey, this pillow matches your thing. And Ashley is miserable. And I wrote down, this is the best episode. Yeah. Let's be real here. Ashley's been a major villain in this whole She's like, like this season. is the most boring conversation ever. Well, what, would, what do you want to talk about? I'd rather just sit here in silence. And then crunch. Hear a fucking pin drop after she says that shit. So we flash forward to the nighttime. And then Brett says in his talking head, quote unquote, he wants to rip the closet door open and see what bone and let the bones fall out and see which skeleton has a po a pulse. I'm like, did good friend Bone Steel write this? It sounds like some cheesy shit he'd say. So he tells all the girls the reason why they're here is you ever see Jerry Maguire? Tom Cruise, Cuba Gooding Jr. He says they're here to help me help you get to know me. And they're and like, Britannia's like, huh? And I'm like, what? And then so he's like, hey, let me introduce you to my ex from last season. Ombre. Yeah. Or Ombre, if you want to pronounce it by your name. By the way, it's spelled. Yeah. Amber's back, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, with Ombre being here. Believe it or not, she's because I kind of soured on her near the end of season two. She's a sight for sore eyes. She's familiar. This, honestly, you could say a theme to one of the ladies is wanting a side of sore eyes. <laughs> so he introduces her. And she's like, hey, I'm here to help. And then he I says, dated Brett for like 10 months. Yeah. And then like the reality graveyard chicks are like, I don't know if that mathematically equates it. If he's doing the show and they're dating. And it was probably only like four. Yeah. Whatever. Brett boned her. They totally boned you guys. They totally boned you guys. And then he says... And from season one, Heather. And I know you were cringing when I told you, like, oh, yeah, Heather's going to be here. It's like, really? She didn't suck. 
this episode. Does she Heather, was actually pretty entertaining. Does Heather really suck, though? She doesn't. I just was... Compared to I, these I, chicks. I was getting tired of her near the end because she basically hijacked season two for two episodes and wouldn't fucking leave. But no, she was pretty good. Yeah, here. but you kind of cared for some. I get some of the chicks from season two. Yeah, fuck these chicks in season three. I mean, I still there's some of them I can. At this point, I'm like, okay, I can probably say I, I like Mindy. Taya seems cool, and I'm I still like Beverly. But oh my god, Ashley has me wanting to punt a baby. She annoys me so much. So this was funny. Britannia right away is like, bro, I see myself getting in fights with her. Just going off of previous shows. She seems like a hater and I don't like it when big people mess with little people. And she messed with Daisy. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, sticking up for Daisy. I almost like Britannia now. Yeah, no. Heather says she's here to get the dirt. So Brett tells them they're going to ask questions and the girls are going to ask them questions. And Not he, really. Yeah. Well, they sort of asked some questions later. Whatever. So now and he Brett- brought their exes. All right. So who's the first lad? Okay. Well, to set that up really quick, I got some quick notes here. Beverly and Jamie look like they want to die. Brett says. Really? Because like Beverly was like, oh, my God, I just want to see someone I know. Some yeah. familiarity. Because it seems like this tour kind of sucks balls. Brett says an ex is like having a living sex tape. That made me laugh. <laughs> and listen. He's self-aware. And listen, I'm going to go over these guys one by one, but I need to get this out of the way. I know I should save him for last, but listen, going into this show, James was like, bro, <laughs> this episode rules. You got to I mean, He's telling me about this guy named Royal T. The word royal, the letter T. And I'm like, who the fuck is royalty? And it wasn't until I what was like halfway through the show. I'm like, royalty. Uh, and he's like, you're either going to love him or hate him. Here's my verdict on royalty. Royalty kind of fucking rules. <laughs> yes. He's kind of fucking. He's kind of awesome. So let's just introduce the X's at first. Yeah. So, so first Mindy, one is Chris. Yeah, Mindy has Chris, who she says is one of her only bad relationships. And this is my opinion. He's the most normal looking one. Yeah. Taya, like, he's not even normal looking. He's still kind of trying to look like a chud. A little. B- <laughs> <laughs> he <could> <laughs> he's no alpha, but he's not a sigma either. Have you heard of that? Have you heard of sigma males? No. I'll tell you about that later. Later. So, um, next is a gentleman named Jazz. This guy's a. I'll save his bits for later. But this guy's a trip. He's a guy. He looks like he came off the set of The Sopranos with his hair and giant ass gold chains. He's from fucking Vegas. And Taya's like, oh, I'm happy to see him. He's one of my best friends. Ashley, huh? Fucking Ashley. Ashley has this Vato looking banger dude named James. It's me. (laughs) It's me. It's alternate universe me. He's covered head to toe in tattoos. I'm in the show. That's the best part. Yeah, he's your. Ashley spat on my dick. (laughs) She kicked me in the balls. We have a very loving relationship at this time period of my life. I wrote here, James looks like the kind of... And it's funny you mention that, because he's you. I mentioned James looks Same like... Same shitty mustache. I said, James looks like the kind of guy to get down I have it. hair, and he does it. This I, is alternate <sighs> universe me. He has tattoos, but I have a mullet. The same mustache. Oh my God. 
I wrote here, James looks like the kind of guy who either gets down at hardcore punk shows or just got out of jail. Either way, she's really hot on him. He's like, I haven't seen here, son. She tries to say, I haven't seen James in a while. And I'm like, damn, you look good, baby. Just completely. Fucking right. Britannia's got royal. Side note, too. Even the rowdy graveyard chicks thought he was a fucking friggin babe. Oh, my God. Or dude, babe. I'm starting to think the Riley Graveyard chicks have kind of have normie tastes. If they're trying to hey, tell I'm me just, Brett Michaels hey, is hot. I'm a hot guy. Let's be real here. Not you. <laughs> what? what are you talking about? I'm in the show. Oh, my God. Britannia has royalty who, in her words, her words is a booty call. How the hell did they find him? He was just a booty call. And then Jamie has, I wrote here a question mark because I couldn't tell, a guy named Ham Boosie. Yes. Ham Boosie, who I wrote here, he looks like he only listens to Pantera. Or he looks like he plays your freaking two-hour cover bar, cover band bar sets. And I guess Jamie has an ex-husband. And I guess Jamie has an ex-husband because she casually is just like, man, I'm glad it wasn't my ex-husband. Yeah, just my friend Ham Boosie. And then Beverly takes a minute to show up. Apparently, it's a guy named Alan. They're waiting, and it's like, yeah, he declined to show. And smart lad. And I'm going to tell you this right now. And Brett says this, too, later, but I'm going to just say it right now. She gets really pissed off. I would have looked at this like a free pass. Now, she does give reasons as to why she's upset later. But I would have been like, yo, I am off the hook. I don't have to deal with Heather. So, yeah, Brett then decides to hang with the ladies this time. Instead of hanging with the lads, he sends Heather and Ombre to interrogate the gentleman. Yeah. Well, what you can call a gentleman. Chris was a gentleman. He's a chud, apparently. Come on, I'm here. (laughs) Oh, oh, you think he was a gentleman, huh? Okay, so let me get there. So Amber's talking to Chris, and she's like... Oh, shit, yeah, we are (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And she's like, what do you think about all this? He's like, well, I think it's great. You know, good for her. Wish the best. She's like, why'd you two break up? Did she cheat? And he's like, eh, I think so. Oh, but hey, you know, when you're dating and it's done, you know, mental connections. There, and right away, royalty in the background is just like, can you tell he's still fucking her? Yeah, yeah yo, they still fuck. And he's like, he's like, oh, come on. You still fuck. Come on. You, you still fuck. You still fuck. Be real right now. Hearts for royalty. And right there, I was like, you yo. You see, like, me and him are bros. We this instantly might be connect. The, this is one of the better characters in the Brett Michaels cinematic universe. This is the best episode. Motherfucker is damn royalty. He has a bad neon skeleton hoodie. He just looks like total late 2000s freaking like... Uh, he looks like he's going to a show for the weekend. Not even that. He just looks like he's just going to a bad like Latino dance club. Yeah, that's so. To go hit on Britannia. <laughs> so then she jumps right to royalty and she's like... And he's like, so did you two still, you know, sleep together? He's like, yeah, that's all our relationship was. She's like, do you do it regularly? He's like, oh yeah, right about before we came... About, right about before she came on the show. Yeah, we remember. We fucked right before the show. Remember that commercial. Brett with the ladies. He leans him into a dining room and he's a fucking liar. He says, I'll make you some drinks. He doesn't make them drinks. He just pours some liquid in a glass. That's not making drinks. Brett's a very lazy gentleman. (laughs) So whatever. He's like, hey, I brought them here so that we could be truthful. And it's not easy. And honestly, where I'm at right now, it's not easy to let any of you go right now. I'm pretty emotionally invested, he's telling them. And he says, 
Oh, yeah. No, that's it. So back with royalty. Yes. She's talking to him. And she's like, yo, so to recap, you two still sleep together. He's like, yo, she's a fuck. This is a direct We've been like banging for two years. She's she's a a fucking freak. freak. If Brett could get a chance to fuck like that, he's a lucky man. I'm I'm, I'm a little (laughs) mad he's stealing my hookup. <laughs> oh my god, that was great! So Heather now is with. They cut to Mindy's ex, Chris again. Yeah, yeah. the total and, chud. And then I wrote here. I got an ad for the second Halloween movie coming out, and it looks fucking sick. And then because there's two commercial sounds, like oh, David Chappelle, David Chappelle ad. And I never thought he was all that funny. Oh, Morgan Freeman's in it. Anyway, so now he's she's with Chris. He says she's a simple person, but mentally feels like she's kind of never satisfied. Amber talked with Jazz. Well, Taylor. like Heather asked if she has a type, and, and he goes like, "Dude, Mindy doesn't really have a type. It honestly could be like a weird stimulation thing." So Amber talked with Jazz Taya's ex, and I was immediately concerned for Amber's safety. He says that Taya is the only ex he has that he doesn't see himself strangling. And this is a quote: "I can see myself physically strangling every ex I've ever every, had. I can see myself strangling every ex devious I've motherfucking bitches, self self centered, self righteous motherfuckers." That's what Jazz has had. He has a very loud gold chain, and I question if, like, there's a point that seems like uh, this might be decisions falling on you. Maybe you keep picking. Now, listen, I can make a joke. I can make a joke about alphas or incels or betas. But, bro, this guy was giving me Attack of the Clone Anakin vibes right now. <laughs> he looked like he was about to slaughter an entire Tusken Raider village. Yeah. <laughs> so, Anakin, fuck. So, Heather talks to Ham Boosie. That really is his name, by the way. Yes. And the first thing he says is, well, she's not my ex, Jamie. She's just my friend. Apparently, he had a rock band. And I did some digging. If it's the rock band I found, it's this ba- um, it was a short-lived thing that got a temporary bump from American Idol, but ended after three years. They were called Pray for the Soul of Betty, or P-F-T-S-O-B, as they abbreviated it live. <laughs> Can't, not making that up. And Whatever. apparently Jamie one day showed up to a show and then she showed up, quote unquote, to every show. And then they're like, oh, she a groupie? He's like, yeah. 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 Groupie. She totally comes off as chill groupie vibes. <laughs> really does. And then Amber talks to James, who's Ashley's ex. You mean me. Ashley talks to my co-host. <laughs> uh, fucking. Ashley or Ombre. 12 years ago, Amber talks to James and she's like, do you still still date? He's like, no, nah, we still fuck, though. Oh, yeah, I know. She still spits on my dick. She's like, well, this is kind of a big deal. You know, she's fine for Brett. And then this fucking guy says, now hey, that I'm here, no, she, she ain't going to pull my, he ain't going to pull my bitch. She ain't fighting for Brett no more. I'm Brett here can't pull my bitch. Brett can't pull my bitch. I paused and I laughed. I laughed for a while. I laughed for a while. This motherfucker. Brett can't pull my bitch. He can't pull my bitch. What the fuck he thinking? He's a silly fucking goofy. And we just watched the dark side of the ring that was about like gang biker shit. And the whole time I'm just like, man, Tracy, you know, that's, uh, you know, that, 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 I wonder if like Johnny K9 was like, yeah, this is my bitch, uh, Tracy, you know, biker bitch, the way they do that. Or like old lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then this happens. I'm just like, bro, the coincidence. Well, Brett can't pull my bitch. I'm here now and she don't want nothing more, nothing less. There's a short little interlude uh-huh. where 
There's a short, uh-huh. there's a short little interlude with Ashley talking to Brett at the thing and saying how she hopes that uh, he can look past all the shit that people are going to say about her. And then in her talking head, she's like, part of me will always love. J- it's easier for me to do an Ashley impersonation now because since Farrah is gone, they had similar voices. So part of me will always love James. He's the father of my son and was the love of my life. I just hope he keeps his mouth shut. Nope. And then we proceed to J- to you not keeping your mouth shut. You think I'm going to fucking keep my mouth shut? I host a podcast. He's chatting a whole bunch of shit about how Brett can't pull Ashley, how Ashley won't even want Brett now that he's here. And then royalty's just in the background going, ooh, he's like, controversy. Like that Prince song. And then Heather just knows there's dirt somewhere. She's loving this. She's loving talking to these two guys. Yeah, because one, I'm sitting here stating facts. Ashley... Dude, you think Brett, he ain't going to pull my bitch and fucking, yeah, we still have sexual intercourse. She spits on my penis, I cry, and then I jizz on her titties. Why are you cutting a promo? (laughs) I'm Brett Michaels. (laughs) Because I'm in here. He ain't pulling my bitch. So back with the girls, Brett leaves, but he's watching them on a monitor. Yeah, on a fucking baby monitor. We see Beverly is throwing a massive fit. Like, I'm not kidding. She's, like, livid because her ex didn't show up. She's, like, really angry. And this is where Brett's like, if my ex wouldn't be here, I'd be like, cha-ching. Cha-ching. But I might as well say it here now because she kind of repeats it a few times later. Her whole thing is is that she felt it was disrespectful that he couldn't respect her enough to show up for this. You think he wants to be or- on this fucking shitty show? <laughs> And like you said, yeah, she hasn't seen anyone she's recognized in a while. And I have a feeling this real life has been just purely shitty. She's for not her. like Rodeo where she hasn't been able to handle being away from her kids. I think that's because since she has three, you know, this is kind of like, okay, breath of fresh air. Yeah. And like, but she's just been dealing with and fucking this house, like verbal abuse from fucking yeah. e- like shitty mean girls. And this, I think uh, she just wants someone to be a friend. But yeah, no, she's just like, she's just like, dude, just fucking just no one showed and up it for me. Is the no father, one gives a fuck up. No it, one gives a fuck about me. And it is the father of all three of her kids, I believe. And also, yeah, Ashley's tripping out too. Oh, this she's is like, f- oh my God, I don't know what's going to happen. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. She's just doing this weird thing. And just, I don't know. It's so weird. Oh, yeah, and then Taya's trying to help, but Beverly's shaking with rage. And it's here I start to wonder yeah, to myself. Yeah, no, she's even yelling at Taya. Taya, don't touch my hands. And I'm like, I'm starting to think Stay maybe. Stay the fuck away from me. I'm starting to think maybe there is an anger problem. No, I think there is a little anger resentment. Oh, so before that Ashley thing you said, uh, yeah, before that Ashley said, then we get to a part where I cringe for a bit because, uh, so Brett says it's time for what's a going on court. Oh, what's a going on court? <laughs> So, at what's a going on court, Amber and Heather are judges, and they're going to bring the two people in, the ex and the woman, ask them questions and stuff, which is funny because that's not how a fucking court works, but whatever. No, this is what's a going on court. But that's not how court works. This isn't a real court. But why is it called a court? I don't know. Clever word. I don't know. Wrestler's court is a more legit court than this. Whatever. Just let fucking Heather and Ombre like interrogate these two peeps. So first thing. See if they're right for Brett's three inch chode. So for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's totally who I want to decide who I think is best for me. My ex and then my runner up who is really mad when I didn't pick her. Whatever. <laughs> so first they So first they bring in Jamie and Zamboni and they Zamboni. ask Zamboni. Yeah. They ask how they met. 
and you know they talk about the shows he claims she moved to brooklyn to be with the band she's like no i just like new york i'm from the midwest and then he implies that she has slept with the whole band. And then this is, oh my God. Oh, this is the funniest one. Then Amber asks if Brett wasn't in a band, would she date him? And her answer is, I don't want to say no, but. <laughs> no, it's a funny thing. Cause like right after like Hambusi says she's done a little something for all the band. He's just Brett just like, oh, Jamie is a groupie. Hi-oh. Yeah, it's like a sad hi Like he, it's like it's like that turns him on, but he's a little sad that that turns no, him on. No, the sad hi I was howling. hi This <laughs> like hi But yeah, she says, "I don't want to say no, but I'm like that is literally the worst answer." If you well, say yes, speaking the truth. Come no, on. If she says yes, she wouldn't be dating Brett. Then she's being honest. If she's saying no, she's clearly a liar. But she's like, "I don't want to say no, but like that." War, that's way worse to me. What are you talking about? It buries Brett. That's the best. <laughs> that's true. Come on. So outside, Ashley is freaking out. She's like, oh fuck. Oh fuck. 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 Oh. And then Big John's just Big John, who's had to deal with this kind of shit for three years, is just completely fed up. She's like, Will you sit down? Will you just wait? You don't even know. You just wait. You don't even know what's going to happen. And it's like, I want to like, leave. I want to leave. I can't leave. And then she pulls a Kelsey and lays on the ground. Just like, oh, I just want to leave. I just want to go off and stuff. And then like, wasn't right here where freaking like Beverly's like, oh, it's so it showed up for yes, you. Yes, yes, yes. The, the payoff is great because in her talking head, she's like, there's some that haven't sold Brett yet. And I'm scared. And then she says that. And then Ashley's like, hey, she, Beverly's like, hey, at least someone showed up for you. And then Ashley's well, like, that's not just hey, someone showed up. She's like, hey, at least someone showed up for you. It's like, and then I Ash- don't think you want some of the And then her. Ashley's like, I still live with him, dumbass. And then everyone's like, Beverly just pauses in place. She's like, and then yeah. And then someone plot twist. And then like someone points out that my name is on her on Ashley's titty. Yeah, this whole time she's had the word James tattooed on her breasticle, but I guess off camera she told people, Oh yeah, it's for my son. Oh no. It's me. It's for you, I guess. I just on them titties. So, unless he's a junior, it's for that guy. That's what I said. Next is Taya and Jazz. They barely got two words in edgewise after asking like about herself. She's like, well, I'm 29. I'm a burlesque dancer. And Heather's like, well, do you still strip? And she's like, no, I was a dancer. I was a burlesque dancer. And then like Heather's like, a lot of these ladies say that you like to diss on strippers. Like, and right there, would- Jazz pops in. That's bullshit. And I could smell it. I'd like to meet the person who said that. And Amber's trying to get him to calm down. And then the best part, he says something like, listen, I'm all about honesty. Where's the distrust in what I'm saying with your stapled ass extensions in your head? And then Taya's like, can I talk for myself? And then Heather's like, well, then you shouldn't have, who's clearly tipsy. You shouldn't have brought this motherfucker. He's like, motherfucker, I'm a motherfucker. And then Amber just tells him to leave. And then Heather flips him off as he goes. I'm supposed to feel bad because you're giving me the bird. I'm like, dude, this guy, go king, I guess. <laughs> dude, he's that he became the aggro knight in shining armor for Taya for some reason. Fucking Anakin and Padme over like, here. There's like, can I like talk for myself? Fucking Anakin, Anakin and Padme over here. She's he's looking at Heather like it's Obi Wan on Mustafar. Ah, oh, now it's royalty and Britannia. <laughs> oh my god. So. They ask how they know each other, and T's just like, they fuck. And it's then, like, we bang. And we then, fuck. And then Heather asks. Because, like, Britannia's just being the shy, not saying shit, like Britannia. And then Heather asks, when's the last time they bone? He's like, oh, it was a while ago. And then we get a flashback, and Amber tells him, 
That's not, wait, that's sus. You said her and her. He's like, I did not say I fucked her recently. That's how he says it. I did not say I fucked her recently. It looks like, yeah, because I guess for time will whip his ass. And Amber's like, yeah, you did. And then Brett, Brett with Brett. Big John, he says, um, he says, lies make baby Jesus cry. <laughs> like, What? Oh, this is the best episode. It's pretty good. So they all start yelling at each other. Heather and Royalty get in a shouting match. Then Britannia gets into it. And then the two ladies start. Dude, Britannia just straight up throws a punch at Heather. Tries to. Tries to. She, uh, Heather deflects the punch and then later she's like. And then like, Ombre's trying to like be in between them. Yeah. And oh man. B- then Big John has to go break it up. And then. I, yeah, I know. Brett's like, Big John, I think you need to get in there now. And then Britannia spits on, well, she's aiming for Heather, but it mostly gets on Amber, I think. I think but she yeah. gets Heather. But yeah, she spits on Heather. And the royalty in the background is just going like, ooh. And then when they grow, and then when they get thrown out, he just goes, fuck yourself. Bye, Heather. Go fuck yourself. And then Brett's just sitting there and he just has this look on his face that's just like, fuck me. He just, he just says, like, dear grandma, I brought home a lady that spits on me. <laughs> that's what he said. Yeah. It's just like, I know, Britannia is just like a like a zero to a hundred. That's Britannia for you. Yeah. Plus, she sells pocket pussies of her own pussy. Yeah, you texted me that, and I was like, what? And then he, you just sent me a gift with the more you know thing. I was like, God damn it. How'd you find that out? Rowdy Graveyard. That's what they said with their what research, is- and I'm like, okay. Okay. I'm like, I haven't went and go look for it, but I kind of don't care at the same time. Cool, yeah. dude. Sorry, I got a notification. Someone someone liked my reply on YouTube. I, there's a lot of people salty that Sora's in Smash. And then one guy, and then one guy who was, uh, who for some reason brought up JoJo. He was like, Kingdom Hearts is one of the worst fan bases ever. And I'm like, you got a lot of fucking nerves saying that if you're from the JoJo fan base. They're like, all the Kingdom Hearts fans are like, Kingdom Hearts is the best thing ever. I'm like, JoJo fans do that shit too. Oh my God. So yeah. more Beverly being upset and it's her next for what's it going on, Court? Listen, I've been on her side since like episode two, but like it's getting a little grating. So they bring her into the court, ask her why she thinks it happened. She reveals it's her ex-husband. He and he has physical custody of the kids. Oh yeah, and then Amber is basically like, you got to be strong on the road. And Beverly is like, bro, who do you think you are? In her talking head, she feels like Amber doesn't. But know. she also says she got her first kid at 17. I'm just like, Brett's like, oh, Oof. I've unlocked it. I've unlocked it. Well, then we could have figured out she kind of got hitched too young. Yeah. Just unlocked all this pent up rage and friggin' repressed emotions he, yeah, he and wanting to uh, party and do all this nonsense. I think he says this later, but he basically is just like, yeah, she's kind of like in a weird, like not weird, but in like a kind of second childhood ish thing. Yeah. So after she that, she couldn't rage in her twenties. She had to be like super responsible and yeah. raise three fucking kids. So then Chris and Mindy, they ask why it ended. And Amber basically asks if Mindy was unfaithful. And then Mindy is honest and she says she wasn't ready and she was at her worst. And Amber asks if she's ready. Now she's like, absolutely. And that's pretty much it. Chris doesn't even talk. I don't even think he gets any lines. Doesn't need to. And then Heather and Amber thank her and Chris for not being. They literally thank them for not being pains in the asses like the other ones. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't want someone like spitting and try to punch me. Or fucking get a dude like yelling at me. 
James and Ashley next. And you I mean to, me and Ashley. But I want to point something out. This whole time that they've been walking into the what's going on court, they've been doing some like mock people's court Judge Judy bullshit where like it shows their name and what they're quote unquote accused of. I was hoping you would caught, catch those. So for Ashley under her name, it says accused of being James's bitch. <laughs> like for Mindy's, it was like accused of being unfaithful. Britannia accused of whatever, whatever. Of hit and run. Of hit and run. And then, uh, but then Ashley, it's accused of being James's bitch. I'm like, that's really funny. What is this episode? This feels like season one again, where it's like, man, this is pretty good. So Ashley says in her talking head, man, I know he loves me and he's going to say we live together. Then Ashley says it. And it but then Bro, Ashley says it anyway. Titties. I'm all about them titties. So then Ashley ends up saying it herself anyway, and Brett flashes back to Daisy and Charles. And then Amber asks them, well, do you still sleep together? Ashley's like, no. Then she asks James, and he's like, we fuck all the time. Oh, yeah. Dude, she spits on my dick on the regular. And she doesn't even really get mad. She just laughs. He he admits to loving her still. And she says when asked if she loves him, she's like, I love him as the father of my kid. James reiterates that no one you reiterate that no one can pull your bitch. No one can't pull my bitch. But Brett, who I was offended and I'm howling. I was shocked, by the way, when this happened to Daisy, he wrote her ass about this all the way through the end of season two. But he just says even really seem to care no in fact actually he kind of goes flashback when he like there's a flashback where he harkens back to daisy yeah and he gets mildly pissed he's like oh god not this again he he still Ah. he still gets small pee pee though and he flashes it flashes back to him and ashley making out and totally boning you guys and he's like she got pulled james she got pulled like i'm like oh i'm here now you can't pull her again what up so anyway, they get into this hullabaloo where they try to make it about like how he's not really here for her and blah, blah, blah. The press, the, the, the crux of this all is he gets like weirdly possessive of Ashley at the end. Yeah, I'm here to take her home. And then she starts crying and then she's like, I won't pass out. I just wrote down this is the best episode there was a funny thing where they're like how would you feel if Ashley got with Brett? They asked James and he says disgusted. Yeah. I would be. Come on. Really? This fucking Crip Keeper with the fucking cowboy hat and fucking Crip cl- Keeper? Yeah, with the fucking cowboy hat. Crip and his, Keeper. Yeah, and the fucking clown makeup. Bro, what is this bullshit? Come on. Crip Keeper, that's Have a you seen one. me? Big. No one can't pull my bitch. I'm, I'm looking. I think you're in better shape than him, but I can't tell because he was wearing a tank top and it's old video footage, but like. Feel like I feel like you two were either the same. We're the or same. The it's same me. body mass. It's me. You're not Mexican. What are you talking about? Who says he was Mexican? I I assumed he's bald. He looked Vato to me. We have both shitty mustaches, except he has tattoos, yeah. and I don't have tattoos. But he's yeah. bald, and I have a mullet. I saw that a dude, steezy mullet. I saw that dude, and I was just and I was just like, man, that looks like a dude my cousins hang out with in Fresno. Uh, so, Alternate universe, James. So then Brett goes to Amber. Multi universe, James. So then he, fuck. As soon as he said that, I started thinking, what if the Spider Verse was the Spider Verse, but instead of a di- bunch of different Spider Man, it was a bunch of different Jameses, and instead of fighting Wilson Fisk, they were just fighting me. <laughs> I'm just like I'm kind of down for that. But yeah, then Brett goes to Amber and Heather, and he asks them one by one what he thinks of the girls. He asks about Jamie. And Amber's like, I like her, but I feel like she's a groupie. Yep. Beverly, Amber likes her. 
But she hunkered down her life too soon. This is where they say she feels like she suppressed a lot of shit and she's in a second childhood. Ashley, Amber finds her difficult and thinks something else is go something's going on between her and you. Because they can't say it because Brett can't pull my bitch. Fuck this crypt keeper with the fucking clown <laughs> Are makeup. You call him a crypt keeper. Clown makeup. Well, he's wearing eyeliner, but still. he throws a lot of makeup on. Heather points out how they live together and have a kid, and he fucked her the night before he came. And I want to point out during Damn right I did. And I want to point out that during the entire court thing. Ashley like barely said a word. I'm like, what the fuck? Why is Brett giving her such a pass? I know she's got big titties, but like, them titties. There's bro. so much shit she does that he called out other girls on in seasons in this season. So yeah, next is Britannia, and I have a quick summary: is that they said that she's like super hot, yeah, but she's really punchy and spitty. Heather right away is like, I mean, she's hot, damn. And Amber says she sees nothing good in her, which I thought was oof. Taya, Amber likes, but Heather and her hate her ex Jazz. Yeah, like Taya's really poised and really strong because she had to deal with fucking Jazz. Yeah, because Jazz is a trip. And then they ask about Mindy and Heather. Straight, Heather and Mindy actually both just straight up say that Mindy's the best. You mean ombre? Yeah, ombre. No, her name's Amber. <laughs> and then Heather says, you didn't make that joke once during season two. Yeah, I know, because I got that from fucking um, Queens of Reality. You watch that and Reality Graveyard? Yeah, there's like two, except Queens of Reality aren't on season three. They just start season two of Rock of Love, and they keep calling Amber ombre. And I'm like, that's actually kind of funny. That's a little funny. I'm a little pissed we didn't come up with it. Nah, we're not as funny as should we have tried? Should we have tried to make friends with like them in Reality Graveyard to like expand our well, social here's circle? Here's the thing: Reality Graveyard is better factually. Queens of Reality are better at freaking um, entertainment. Yeah, or just fucking. Oh, God damn it! What's the fucking word? It's like dissing on Brett. Oh, okay. Oh, they're like us. Yeah, but they make fun of them. Yeah. Okay, that's good. But they have like a third person to help. They, yeah, they call, they say he's got three inch chode and shit. So they're the show I would like more. You're saying. Yeah, no, check out Queens of Reality. They're pretty hilarious. But I'm saying, should we have like tried to be friends with either of those to expand our social media circuit so more people hear about us? We could do crossovers, you know? You could go play fucking that if you want to. I'm not to. good at that. How, how would I? What are you talking about? You ramble all the fucking time. No, but I'm not good at, I'm not good at initiating with people. I don't know. What was I'm not supposed to slide in their DMs and be like, hey. My buddy James and I also have a podcast where we shit talk Brett Michaels, and we think you guys are pretty steed. You want to talk sometime? That's perfect. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> you could like just do not to talk sometime, but you could just like you know open up with that. You like the podcast, and you have a podcast that talks shit on Brett Michaels three inch chode. I call him the fucking crib keeper because from that one picture I shared, and he's like, "Fuck, he looks old." <sighs> but yeah, they love Mindy. Yeah. The only thing they agree on is that they feel like she's high maintenance in an emotional sense, whatever the fuck that is. And they're is. not sure if she can handle the friggin' Brett's butt rock lifestyle. She seemed pretty okay when they went on their solo date. That's one well, out of how many shows? Out of 200 shows. Out oh, yeah. Of yeah, 200 shows. That No, it wasn't like, no, it was like 300. They said, he's like, I'm on the road for like for 300 days a year, out of the year. Yeah, you think Minnie can handle that bullshit? I don't think Brett can, because I don't believe him when he says he's on the road for 300 fucking days. So the next day, I guess, Brett's in his hotel room, 
and Ashley goes to talk to him. Or Big well, John, Big John brings, brings in Ashley. Yeah. She talks about how she feels stupid for not telling Brett she lives with her ex. And Brett's basically like, you know, I'm glad you talked to me. She talked to me because I know she likes me a lot. And I think she also says she still respects him as like the father of her child and stuff sure. too. But I wrote here, but last season he gave <laughs> he gave Daisy shit about that till for the rest of the show. Whatever. Eliminations next. Yeah. There's only like what six peeps. So whatever. The first pass goes to Mindy. And yeah, she gets the first one because she's like honestly like she was the least. Yeah, yeah, this episode kind of cemented. I'm like, no, Mindy's cool. I like her. The next is Jamie, where Jamie's like, holy shit, like, holy crap. I didn't know I was going to get that. That's what she said. She's like, holy crap. I like Jamie. I know. And then Brett admits that, honestly, all minor offenders are safe this evening. And then Taya. I was like, you would fucking hope so. And then Taya, basically, because, you know, Taya's a real lady. She's cool. And, like, Taya's all, like, tearing up and stuff. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm still going to be here and get the pass. The next is Beverly. And And obviously, Ashley, with her fucking titties, just going, "Mm, I'm dramatic. And the next is Beverly. And then Brett's whole thing is basically like, listen, man, there's a little wackiness going on, but I still want you around, okay? Yeah, no, he's, like, disturbed that she cried harder for her ex than him. And she's like, honestly, if you need want to, like, continue for it, you need to let go of this baggage. You need to let go. Which is fair but enough, I, want, I But I want you to stay and yeah. continue to rock my world. Fucking middle, dude. All right, now, now it's, it's between, down to the final two. It's between Big Titty and Big Titty, Ashley and Britannia. She's like, Brett <laughs> opens up, like, you two are, like, two of the hottest chicks I've like seen ever, ever, ever. So Brett calls on Britannia and, and I didn't get a hundred percent what he said, but here's basically what he said. He's basically like, I like you, but you punched and spit on one of my friends. That's kind of not cool. So sorry. So you're out. Your tour ends here. And then this is the most we've ever seen. Britannia actually talk to Brett. Yeah. She's like crying bawling and she's like oh my god you're like so like cool it's like you, you deserve better i'm so sorry oh my god i hope i hope you have an awesome life and i'm like this is the most we've ever seen britannia emote and say shit to brett i think this is the most she talked to brett oh my god this is so stupid why did she stay so long because she's hot but yeah, he saves And her stipulation. What, if he's supposed to eliminate every fucking person he dislikes right off the bat? There wouldn't be much of a show. Well, that's true. But Brett doesn't care about personality. Not for the first five episodes. He's just doing the stipulations of the show. That's true. Hey, maybe they could develop. Just Britannia didn't develop. The show is almost over. I know. That's there's on... four episodes left. Yeah. No, three. Well, there's. Oh, yeah, you're right. There's three episodes left. She had plenty of fucking time. Well, she didn't. Use that time well. She that did. is a Britannia issue. I'm surprised Jamie lasted that long. I thought they were going to bring those three new gals out and then get them out quickly, which they kind of did with the first two. But, but Jamie's still here. Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, that was. Now it's Ashley. Yeah. And like Brett calls her down and she asks her a question. And friggin' they ask, it's like, she just basically asks, is your heart here? And she just kind of like, can you look into my eyes and uh, and like answer me? Take a look into my eyes. But she doesn't. She kind of just stands there staring down, says nothing. And Brett's like, I can see. 
your tour ends here. And I was like, no fucking way. What? Yep. Ashley was fucking eliminated. Yep. I know you were like the whole entire time of this episode. Just go like, why does Brett keep her? Why does Brett keep her? And it's like, he doesn't. Yep. I was, I was, I was setting you up to be the one to deliver the news. I was like, fuck yes, dude. Best episode. It's best episode. Best episode of season the three. the villain has been defeated. I know. Now all that's left is, who's left? Mindy, Taya, Beverly, and Jamie? Yeah. I like all four of them. This is the best season. Well, this is the best episode. Yeah. But, but even by the end of Rock of the One and Two, there was at least two or three people I was like, man, fuck them. But like, no, I like this cast. Cool. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Brett, for respecting me. Yeah, no. But Brett is a little bummed that he had to like freaking eliminate Ashley. But that I, I, you know what? I, I guess I, Brett is actually sentient and actually learns from his mistakes. I'm going to tell you something right Did now. Did he need to pull another Daisy? <laughs> I'm going to tell you something right now. This whole, the last three weeks of the show, at least, I've been really. I've literally in my mind because I I haven't looked up the results. I don't know if you know who wins. Oh, I know who wins. But oh fuck. Okay. I don't know well, because I'm just like fuck it. I don't care. Well, I don't know who wins, but I'm gonna be honest. Keep it that I've, way. I've been trying really hard this whole season to just not be like fuck. I think Ashley's gonna win. They were setting up. He kept giving her chance after chance after chance, and I was just like, she's gonna win. I can see it right now. She's gonna win. This episode ended. I was so happy. I was so happy. And I was like, you know what? The show's semi-redeemed. I don't hate watching it now. Three more. It's only for three more episodes. Unfortunately, it's only three more episodes because I would have loved to have more episodes without Ashley, but it's fine. So cool. Good episode. Yeah, I know. Friggin' and Ashley's just all tripping. It's like, why did Brett eliminate like me and Britannia? We're like the hottest chicks here. Why is he doing like about these other like chicks? It's not cool. It's like, I don't know. Maybe Brett's actually trying to like be a little serial for the show or not come off like a total fucking Fuck, I may watch her eliminate I may like listen to her elimination again on the ride home because that was so steep and now all and like the but like all the brunettes are in the bus and the bus moves off starts driving and all of them are like oh my god did you just eliminate Ashley and Britannia no fucking way we're the final four. Oh my fucking god no way that's so dope and then in the credits there's just weird ramblings not much to him. The Blontourage lost, dude. The Blontourage <laughs> got wrecked these past they two They got shrecked. They all each got, like, the last three episodes, Kelsey got Kelsey, them. boom. Farrah, boom. Ashley, boom. And Britannia, boom, too. Boom. Yeah, boom. Boom, kaboom. I know. Three more episodes, except uh, there's going to be a fucking... Well, for us, we got... All right, one episode one week, one episode next week, and then the week after is Halloween. So the finale is going to be in like four weeks, but three more episodes. Yeah, man. And we actually figured out what we're going to watch for Halloween. Do I keep it a surprise? Uh... We're going to watch I Know What You Did last summer. Yeah, I know. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. We can diss on Freddie Prince Jr. It's not the second one where Jack Black plays a Jamaican boy. Yes. You remember that one? <laughs> oh, no. This made me think of freaking Chet Hanks trying to be a Jamaican lad. Ha! All right. Let's get out of here. All right, listeners. This was the Dr. Danger Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. I hope you have a good one. Adios. Adios.